Hello everyone and welcome to the show where we're talking about our health, where we're talking about being free of disease, where we're talking about looking good and feeling good, living longer and living stronger. Welcome to the Health and Sexy Show, a show meant for health conscious men and women of all ages. Men and women of all ages who wish to learn more about their health and take better control of it. A show meant for anyone who is at risk for or suffers from chronic disease. And a show meant for anyone who wishes to help a family member or others who are at risk for or suffer from chronic disease. Welcome to our 12th episode. As always, if you have suggestions or would like to hear more on a particular topic, direct message me on Instagram at SeanFit50. That's at S-E-A-N-F-I-T-5-0. I really appreciate all of your comments and feedback. Please keep the, them coming. Please keep the input and feedback coming. I made several interesting observations during my research on today's topic. Can you believe that 10% of all the people working receive about 50% of all the income or wages made in the United States? This means that 10% of all the people with jobs earn half of all the money that is made each year. And the other 90% split the other half. An even more surprising point is that the same 10% holds more than 75% of all the wealth. And when I say wealth, I'm talking about the total value of assets like stocks, bonds, homes, companies, minus all the liabilities or bills that are owed. Wealth is a more important indicator of how well off you are because you can make a lot of money and still live, quote unquote, paycheck to paycheck or even file for bankruptcy. If you don't believe me, just go to your favorite search engine and enter celebrity and athlete bankruptcies and read their articles about eight to nine figure earners who lost it all or were forced to file for bankruptcy for having debt that far exceeded their assets. I'm not going to say any names, but there are a lot of people out there, a lot of stars, a lot of athletes in financial entanglements. I was curious why this happened, and a significant contributing factor is that celebrities and athletes have a small earnings window. Most of us regular folk, we have about 30 to 50 years of time to make a living, to make a living doing whatever we do, whatever our occupation is. Celebrities and athletes usually have a much shorter window to earn, and they need to make this money last over their lifetimes. Compound this with the extravagance that usually accompanies stardom. You got to have your $50 million mansion in Beverly Hills or whatever city you live in. And you can see how celebrities and athletes find themselves in so many financial entanglements. Income is not just directly associated with wealth. It is also associated with health. I've heard the saying that health is wealth. It is also accurate to say the opposite, that wealth is health. This is literally saying you can expect to live longer and happier because you are wealthy this is due to a strong inverse, inverse meaning opposite, relationship between income and the likelihood you will suffer prematurely from disease and death. This means the more money you make, the lower the likelihood you will suffer from chronic diseases and premature death resulting from them. 
The opposite is true as well with low income earners having a higher, a higher likelihood of disease and premature death. There are several factors that contribute to this disparity in lower income earners, including inadequate access to medical care, higher rates of behavioral risk factors like smoking and obesity, less access to fresh foods and spaces to exercise and overcrowded living conditions. Very important today as you see what's happening with the coronavirus situation in large cities. Just like it's not an absolute requirement to have a lot of money to be quote unquote rich. You've heard the sayings, I'm rich in spirit. (laughs) I'm rich with love. You don't have to be rich to have good health and having money doesn't guarantee vigor and longevity. Like I said, it increases the likelihood, but it doesn't guarantee it. The way I view it, good health is largely the result of your decisions, your actions, and your adherence to the good health and wellness principles you have developed over a long period of time, such as exercising and eating healthy, building stress resilience, and avoiding tobacco use and obesity. Having money or being wealthy just makes you more inclined to know more about and be better at these things. While we're on the subject of money and health, can you believe the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States is medical expenses? And the majority who filed for bankruptcy secondary to medical expenses had some type of health insurance. So they had health insurance and still went bankrupt due to medical bills. This is frightening, ladies and gentlemen. It means that health insurance is not enough to cover you financially in the case of a significant health disaster. You can have health insurance and still become financially insolvent due to high medical bills. Stuff just got real. Taking better care of ourselves has just become much more important. 66% of bankruptcies in the United States, this is over 500,000 families, and as early as 2019 were due to medical issues and the ability to pay medical bills and lost time from work. More access to health care in the form of the Affordable Care Act, despite it giving 20 million more Americans access to health insurance, has not made this statistic better. People with health insurance are still going bankrupt at higher rates than any other cause. This is all secondary to high medical bills from medical disasters. So being wealthy makes it more likely you will have good health and being financially challenged, we'll call it, increases your likelihood of chronic disease and premature death. I'm sure you're asking yourself by now, Will having good health make it more likely that I will, be, I will be wealthy? Well, not exactly, but your chances of gaining the riches, the wealth you desire will definitely be improved. All of this makes me think twice about one of my favorite sayings that there are two things in life that money can't buy. One being more time and two being better health. It's possible for money to get you both once you really think about it. Money in the wrong hands will have the opposite effect and expedite the person's demise by giving them increased access to the dangerous vices and risky behaviors that can result in premature disease and death. 
You have all seen the tragic stories and realized that drugs and alcohol can ruin your lives. This is by far the minority and money can come to the rescue for these people as well by affording them access to the counseling and care they need to change their lives around. They still have the benefits of money if they seek to change early on. Now on the other hand, poor health, this will definitely contribute to loss of income. It will make you poor no matter what your tax bracket is. Although rich people are better able to absorb the loss than someone who makes minimum wage. Hey, 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 rich people. Still not an excuse not to take care of yourself. So what are the ways poor health can cause you to make less money? Well, as a reminder, when I say poor health, I'm talking about suffering from modifiable risk factors such as obesity, tobacco abuse, and the diseases resulting from them such as diabetes, COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and heart disease. If you are obese, you can plan on spending more of your hard-earned money on health care and not on the things that may be more important to you like a vacation or a new car. And the longer you live, the more you will spend compared to people who maintain a healthy weight. This is due to the increased likelihood you will suffer from chronic disease. I've said it many times already. And the complications like heart attack and stroke that result from them. You will pay higher health insurance costs and spend more time in your doctor's office and the hospital instead of at work making money. When I say higher health insurance costs, I'm talking about paying twice as much than if you were normal weight. And as as illegal and unfair as workplace discrimination is, obese, obese people are targeted there as well. Salaries for obese people are lower, about two and a half percent lower. And promotions are fewer because if you are obese, you are considered to have less leadership potential in some people's eyes. How ridiculous, right? But this happens. All over the world, a lot of value is placed on the perception and the image you portray. Nowhere is this more obvious than in the military where the highest appearance standards are maintained. And you can actually be kicked out if you are overweight or obese. I can remember an incident. I'd only been in the Army for a couple of years. And I was talking to one of my friends, another soldier, and our first sergeant, you know, one of the top dogs in the military. He walked up and he did a once over of my friend, peering slowly from the crest of his shoulders to the tip of his toes. By the look on his face, you can tell the first sergeant was working on some type of mathematical formula in his head. A once over by your first sergeant is a scary experience. I've had a few of them. Never ends up well. At least it it doesn't, you don't think it's going to end up well. Um, And you expect it to end bad, for sure. I politely said hello to this iron-jawed soldier. He had over 20 years of military service. I had mad respect for him, which he politely returned. He had no friendly greeting for my buddy, though, um, telling him to be in his office at 1 p.m. or 1300 in military speak. And he told him to be there in his physical training uniform to be taped. Being taped meant the first sergeant was going to assess his body fat percentage and his fitness to remain in the military. A few months went by after this incident before I talked to my buddy again. And the first things I noticed were 
his beard and unkempt hair. He had long hair and a beard. I'm like, wow, these were serious no-nos in the army. So I assumed he had been on vacation and asked when he had to be back to work. He surprised me when he said he had been kicked out of the army because of his weight and had been looking for a job. And this by far is the most dramatic case I observed of someone's weight resulting in their dismissal from the from the army, from the military. But there were many, I mean many more I saw who suffered the same consequence during my time in the army. You now know that besides your health, being overweight can cost you money. It can cost you a promotion and even cost you your job. How much money can an overweight or obese person who loses weight expect to recoup? If you are obese, you can expect to save up to $36,000 over your lifetime. I would love to have an extra $36,000, y'all. And you can save this over your lifetime by dropping to a healthy weight. This is a very conservative estimate, so you're probably going to save more. And these savings are a direct result of decreased medical costs, decreased productivity losses, meaning you don't miss as much time from work, and increased life expectancy so you have more time to make money. And don't forget that your chances of getting that promotion have improved as well. Smoking, yes, the nasty habit of inhaled of inhaling burning tobacco into your lungs will cost you a whole lot more money than obesity. They are number one and number two in causes of preventable death, respectively. Again, an a obese person can expect to recoup about $36,000 over their lifetime. Smokers can lose, on average, $1.1 million over their lifetimes and close to twice this amount if they live in a state with high tobacco taxes. Have you ever looked at how much a pack of cigarettes cost? A pack of 20 cigarettes, 20 little sticks of tobacco can cost as much as $5.25 in Missouri and Virginia, all the way up to $13, y'all, in New York. Wow, $13. Imagine having a two or more pack per day smoking habit. Times this or multiply this by 365. Then take that and multiply that by the number of years you smoke. That's a lot of money. This is an enormous amount of money lost. And it is a result of the dollar spent on tobacco products, which I've just talked about. Increased health care costs resulting from tobacco-related diseases such as heart disease and cancer and lost income. Hey, again, if you are sick or in the hospital, you can't go to work. I've said it. I've said it already. With this being said, smoking remains such a tough addiction to break. I had a colleague who actually supervised our health clinic smoking cessation program, a program meant to help people stop smoking, and he smoked cigarettes every day. He was a health care provider and instructed others on a daily basis to quit smoking Yet he was unable to quit himself and reap the benefits he talked so often about. His tobacco addiction was so out of control that during his final day with his smoking cessation classes, he would take all the students outside by our ambulance bay and would actually smoke a cigarette. He would smoke a cigarette in front of them while he wished them good luck in their endeavors to stop smoking. I'm not making this stuff up. I saw it with my own eyes. 
I had another morbidly obese colleague. And I, when I say morbidly obese, he was pushing 400 pounds. And he was the first person I saw who had a cell phone app, or uh, you know, a mobile application for your cell phone. And this was many years ago. He showed me this app after he, after he overheard me asking someone for suggestions for a good restaurant in the area. Not only did he have several suggestions based on his app, he also had his own personal review of almost every restaurant that he showed me. Guy had been to a lot of restaurants, a lot of restaurants, and, and he had graded them all. Imagine the money these two could be saving by giving up tobacco, by losing weight. Also imagine the negative effects they were having on people who looked at them and said, hey, these guys are doctors that don't care. Why should I? Our country, tis of thee, sweet land of, I'm just joking. Our country, the good old United States of America, spends an extraordinary amount of money on health care. The highest in the world, as a matter of fact, we are by no means given the appearance of not trying to make our lives healthier and longer. We spend 20% of every dollar our economy produces on health care, and this is expected to rise as high as 34% by 2040 if nothing is done. Our rise in health care spending is even more alarming when you consider that there has been no improvement in the quality of our care or the outcomes of our care. There are countries who spend less who have better quality and better health outcomes than the United States. So why have health care costs continued to increase without that improvement in quality or improvement in outcomes in the United States? Well, much of the increased costs are related to the way um, physicians bill for health care. They provide using a fee-for-service model that promotes increased utilization of resources that may or may not be needed. There are also very high administrative costs or money spent on services that are completely unrelated to health care, and there has been a very inadequate focus on disease prevention. Health care reform I mentioned already, health care reform in the form of the Affordable Care Act, or some people call it Obamacare, I like to call it either one, um, is our most recent attempt to curb health care spending while simultaneously improving our outcomes and quality of care. This is accomplished by emphasizing more on preventative care and also um, the prevention of disease and covering pre-existing medical conditions. With these rising health care costs, with the rising health care spending, more of the share of health care costs is being transferred to you, to me, to us, which doesn't seem fair the, uh, the way it does it. It doesn't seem fair. With rising health care spending, more of the share of health care costs is being transferred to you, the individual, which doesn't seem fair by the way, does it? Your health insurance companies, your employers, and hospitals and doctors are all making you pay more. That comes in the form of increased health insurance premiums increased out-of-pocket maximums are the amount of money you must spend before health insurance benefits kick in. Increased co-pays are the amount you must fork over prior to doctor's visits and testing. Increased costs for your prescription medications and more aggressive collection of medical debts, which can be illegal for some hospitals, the not-for-profit hospitals that receive government tax breaks. 
You are paying more for health care, but the benefit you receive is decreasing. And in some case, in some cases, they are even harder to access. Some may refer to this as rationing health care, which is, by the way, considered as un-American as socialism. But this is happening under the guise of a process known as pre-authorization. Pre-authorization is meant to ensure that the medical care you need, be it an expensive medication, surgery, or home health care after leaving the hospital is actually needed based on your current medical condition. This leads to the slowing of the process and in many cases, slowing the process to the point where you give up all the medical care you need may be denied. We'll take some time to digest all of this. Wealth is health. Health is wealth. The number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States is medical expenses. And most of the people who file have some type of health insurance. You can save upwards of $36,000 over your lifetime by going from obesity to a healthy weight. You can save upwards of $1.1 million by quitting smoking. The United States is spending a fifth of all its economy on health care, which translates to higher costs for you by virtue of higher insurance premiums, higher co-pays, higher prescription costs. And we are trying to fix this through health care reforms with more emphasis on prevention of disease. Woo! Now let that sink in while we move towards the end of this episode. Damn, she is healthy. I'm talking about one of the world's most successful supermodels, a woman who was nicknamed the body, the body by Time magazine because no one has appeared on the cover of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition more than she has. She is that professionally beautiful. Looking and being healthy are part of her job description. I'm talking about the lovely, the 54-year-old Aussie L. McPherson. A wellness quote from L. McPherson. Self-confidence to me is essential to both personal and professional success. I believe it comes from within and stems from overarching wellness. She hit the nail on the head with this one. Feeling good about yourself is essential to achieving the success you want in life. Let me say that again. Feeling good about yourself is essential to achieving the success you want in life. In order to feel the best about yourself, it is essential that you take good care of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally. Remember, y'all, that being sexy ain't easy. Thank you. Thank you.